Hey folks, uh, just a minor content warning this week when we're going to talk about, well, taxes and um, uh, a little bit about chronic illness uh, during the interview. It's uh, it's a great conversation, though. I, I can't wait to get to that. Also, we are in a house with animals, including two kittens who like to jump on our legs and scale them. And so there may be some screaming as kittens climb up us. Uh, it's dark out. The chickens have been put away, but Sergei is lurking. And you know what that means? That means there could be a thump and more swearing at any time. I have a kitten right now. You, which one? Hobbs. Oh. I, both cats are behind me. Both adult cats are behind me. Uh, final notice. We swear Why? a lot. We swear a lot. We also baby talk to kittens. Well, I mean, baby talking to kittens is like baby talking to dogs. If somebody doesn't, then don't trust them. Yes, it is very suspicious if you don't sound like a total blithering fool when you talk to your animals. Anyway, uh, so uh, we have to mark it explicit because we swear, and uh, I don't know how long before we're going to drop the first F-bomb this episode, but it's a thing that happens. Our intro took a minute and 15 seconds this week. Hi, everybody. Hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 165. Uh, and as I said, um, we got. I have a, a fantastic talk. I was really excited to do this one. Um, Annie Bellet, uh, who wrote the 20-sided Sorceress series. Uh, is Which gonna, you love. I love. I do. I, I've read all... The books in the series, and now I'm eagerly awaiting the book in the new series that's set in the same universe. And so we're going to talk about how Annie uh, keeps herself organized and says productive and all that stuff a little later on. Annie is cool. Annie's great. Uh, I love hanging out with Annie, and it was a shame we didn't all get to go to Worldcon again this year. Well, you know. <clears throat> These things happen. Global fucking pandemic. Yes. Okay, there we go. Uh 45 seconds after the end of the warning. Well, th- here's the thing. Like, as many of our listeners have noticed, it is, it is, the, the proper name of it is the global fucking pandemic. That's what we call it on the show. It's not like there's a global pandemic every time we say there's a global fucking pandemic. So, yeah. yeah. I've, I've reached the point where I don't even put, uh, I don't even feel the need to put it in the content warning anymore. I mean, it's just a thing <laughs> that exists. Yeah. It's pervasive and it's just part of life at this point in time. Uh, and a lot of our newer coping mechanisms are centered around the fact that it's going to be part of life probably for another year. Yeah. Um, which led me to an interesting discovery. And that was that I have not been taking enough time for my own self care. You have not. I, you were, you were venting about it uh, this weekend and, yep. Uh, it is, it is entirely valid and you do, you are very much a, you are a very nurturing person as these things go. Eh. Uh, no, you really are. <laughs> I mean, anyone who's seen you with chickens, kittens, you know, anything. And certainly compared to anybody else in the house. Hey, well, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not even mad. Uh, <laughs> this is totally true. You are easily the most nurturing person in the house. Um, you had babies at one point. I mean, that was that was body, bottle feed lambs, but like that was yeah. Babies were nineteen years ago now, and never yeah, but again. you had them. The rest of us, you know, heard the word babies and retreated to a safe two mile distance. Fair. Uh, 
Anyway. And and whatever is said about you, no one has ever said you were the sort of father who left all care to a spouse and wandered off. So no, um, yeah. So uh, I forget where. Yeah, you weren't taking you 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 have taken care of everybody else in the house frequently. You, we are always you know like Kevin, do this thing. Kevin, we need you to move this heavy object. Kevin, we're taking your entire weekend and. After, you know, uh, let's see, it's October, this all started... It's September, it's not October okay, yet. Okay, it's September. I know we want it to be October, because we want this year to be over sooner, but it's not there yet. So, for like about seven months, I don't think you've <laughs> taken a lot of me time, is what I'm saying. I, I... Ah, kidding. I think possibly the last time I had any me time in that sense, yeah, may have been March-ish, so that was six months ago. Um, maybe as far back as February or January, yeah. Um, because, uh, January, I did have some glorious moments when at MAGFest, everybody else in the room, which was basically my sons, uh, were on shift and I could sleep in a hotel room by myself with no cats, no dogs, no roommates, nothing. And... No yeah. chickens. No chickens. And I'm not offended to say no spouse. If you say no spouse, it's okay. I yeah. love you very much, but uh, let's face it, I, I am a high-maintenance species. And you are a bed hog. Yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I had I, – there was – I was just so frustrated. There's one thing I wanted to do this weekend, and I, it was a three-day weekend, and I spent – I was going to do it on Friday, but then we spent Friday – Doing things. I was going to do it maybe Saturday, but we spent all day Saturday doing things. Sunday rolls around, and I think we were having to make our second or third run to the dump. And second run, and I was just like, you know, I only wanted to do one thing this weekend, and it's just not going to happen. And we got home, and you said, okay, now go build your Legos. That was what he wanted to do. I, I got the – I had pre-ordered the Mandalorian Razor Talon spaceship. Razor Crest. Razor Crest, yes. Um, Lego spaceship, and all I wanted, uh, all I wanted to do was assemble it. And then, basically, I think I locked myself in my office. I was in here for a good three hours putting that thing together. There were a couple times you emerged, and I like yelled at you to go back and work on Legos more. I think I mostly came out to pee and get drinks. Yeah, I'd eat dinner. I came out to eat dinner at one point, and then you like moved towards the dishes because our dishwasher broke, oh, which God. was another thing that we had to deal with this weekend. Oh, yeah, which is was, one of the was, reasons yeah. that Kevin couldn't do stuff was because he was trying to dismantle the dishwasher. And then we've had to wash all the dishes by hand for days, which, you know, yeah. for adults, it's a lot. It's not as much as if the teenager was still here, let's be honest. But Well, no, they would just collect in his room, yeah. and then one day a week they would all just appear in the sink. Indeed. But uh, anyway, so I would forcibly chase Kevin back into his office when he started to meander towards the dishes. And I give, finished it. Yeah, give yeah. me credit for, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> enforcing self-care time. And, and it felt... Nice. And I was very relaxed afterwards. And one of the things is they included another set mm -hmm. for free, like a small set, the hot rod, like a classic hot rod set or whatever. And last night I'm just like, I just need a break and sat down after work and after dinner and put that together and realized at that point that I, one, need to spend more time with my chickens and two, Really enjoy being able to just put on headphones and music and just assemble a Lego set. Not like 
the easy ones either. Like, you know, even even the the little tiny free with purchase over a certain dollar amount because the it ain't cheap. Um, the 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 Mandalorian ship ain't cheap. Uh, but I mean, you know, that was it was what. 45 minutes to put that thing together? I don't know. I mean, I just sat here and it was just like, click, 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 and fall, go step by step through the thing. And I'm like, coming out of it going, well, crap, I need to buy more Lego sets. So I sat down last night and built a big old wish list of Lego sets. <laughs> and? And while I was sitting there going through all of these and seeing <laughs> how amazing Lego sets have become since I was a child or when my children were young enough to be into Legos. Like... I had all the Space Police sets. Yeah, and we had bricks and minifigures. I loved the Space ones. And occasionally we got wheels. Wheels wheels were important. Yeah, Uh, The clear pieces were very important. Yeah, those were those were almost non-existent. And I'm looking at the way these things are going together, and I'm like, holy crap, these things have come a long, long way from you had your basic brick, which was square-shaped or rectangle-shaped or triangle-shaped. They're your bricks. Um, amazed. Just absolutely amazed at it. Um, but we went through, I went through, and I was just like, oh, wow, I didn't know they had this or that or the other, and I'm picking out these... Really fancy sets, putting them on my list, trying not to get too expensive because this is an expensive hobby. Like, I really want the Falling Water set. Falling Water set was discontinued a couple years ago, and it's like $600 now. And I'm like, I really want that, but no. And yes, before anyone tells me, I can, you can download the instructions, and there are places you can download the parts list. And I may very well go out and order all of the parts to build Falling Water with everything except the Falling Water plaque that comes with the official set. Um, Shaw, what are you doing? Jumping. Oh, you're jumping over here. Okay. Yes. Um, and now Orange Cat is cleaning you, and I'm going to be ill. It's a good thing I had my diabetes medicine. <laughs> anyway, and so we're sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, I think that's that's good. Uh, I've made this wish list. Do you want me to share it with you? And Ursula's like, well, I don't know. I just bought you one. And I'm like, uh-oh. Well, which one to make sure it isn't on my wish list on accident? Uh, and you know he was thinking I'd gotten him something dumb. No, actually, I wasn't. <laughs> um, what I did not expect was you to say that um, you bought me the Dominic Soretti Fast and Furious uh, muscle car set, which I had added to my wish list not five minutes before, <laughs> and it was it's just like that. It was hysterical. Uh, it um, was the, yes, I have known you long enough to know that you would probably like to put together this thousand-piece Dodge Charger. <laughs> yeah, and the only thing that, you know, uh, is it's a Charger. I did put the... I Cam- thought about the Ford Mustang. They're, they have a Camaro... Um, Oh, do that. ZL1, and it's on my wish list uh, because that was the car that I was afraid owning would cause me more trouble than it was worth. Oh, that was the one that we test drove, and you said this is like the friend in the bar who was like, you can take that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was test driving it, and I gave it a little more – I think I was in first – because uh, it was a manual, and I gave it a little more gas coming out of a driveway, and I th- 
nearly rear-ended a semi-truck because I was moving a lot faster than traffic was, and uh, that it had a lot of juice, and I was having a little trouble finding the friction point on the clutch because I wasn't used to a, a manual that had, you know, a clutch that didn't have 20 years of wear on it. 20 years? 13 years. 13 years of wear on when, when the Trans Am got traded in. But yeah, I mean, that car, I like going fast. I don't need to go as fast as that car would go. No, indeed. There's there's no way. And and my 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 car goes plenty fast enough. Oh, can it go so fast? It's great to get it up into like but DC. But I can I put cow manure in it? I cannot. No. And not because it won't haul it because I won't let you. Um car you can't use to call haul cow manure is a stupid car. I just don't want to have to vacuum cow manure out of my trunk anyway you get into traffic in dc though where the posted speed limit is like 60 but if you're not doing 80 you're gonna die and that car is just like let's go baby yeah we got this the zl1 would be like you can do 120 in this that's not a problem i the only time the fastest i've probably ever gone in cars is driving in texas <laughs> and uh, I was in a rented Dodge Charger, actually. Oh, God, that car. And I am like, first, you know, and the thing is, I do not speed. Nope. I am, I am, Kevin hates it when I drive his car. In fairness, he probably doesn't hate it as much as the car hates it. She Literally, she she's, I mean, you know, sports car with the bucket seats and all, and she sits upright and leans up towards the steering wheel. Because I'm so low to the ground. And looks over it like, I'm sorry, dear, but... It's okay. You know, the parody of the little old woman, and all you can see are her eyes and her hair uh, in the giant car. Yeah, that's Ursula's pose in my car. And then she's like, right at the speed limit. And I'm just like, it, it, it pains me. It really, I like it just, my truck because my truck has – I'm very high up. I yeah. have visibility. If I go slow, everybody else can fuck off because I'm in a truck. But you did, But it, it was just that pose of you are upright, you are clenching the steering wheel, you're hunched forward. And I, I swear to God, you were looking between the steering wheel and the dash out the windshield. It wasn't quite that bad. But it was close. Anyway, the point is – I hate driving his his car. His yeah. car probably resents being driven by me as well. It it you got to take it out and let it run every so often. That's why I usually go on five forty when I'm going to or from a tattoo appointment because that's a seventy zone and seventy nine is just fine on that. Anyway, Dodge Charger Texas. Yep. I would do first. I would do sixty five, and then yep. I noticed everyone was blowing the doors off me. And then I noticed that, like, my speed had crept up because when I wasn't looking at the speed, like, just the sort of keeping up with traffic and the fact that this was a brand new Dodge Charger is I'm suddenly doing 90. Yeah. And I didn't feel it because it was new and it wanted to go that fast. And I'm like, what the fuck is up with this? And... Meanwhile, you know, pickup trucks held together with spit and bailing wire are going by me and blowing the doors off. And I'm like, maybe I can do 80. And uh, yeah. I mean, that, that car was fun to drive on long straights. 
Uh, I did not like steering it in like traffic or in town because the steering, the, the handling on it was very squishy. Uh, one of the things I don't like about the Dodges in general, uh, Chrysler Dodge, is that their steering always feels more like driving a boat than driving a car. Let me point out that I learned to drive, in fact, on an elderly Crown Victoria LTD owned by my grandmother, which was basically a sofa that you steered. Yep. And that is how I learned to drive a car. Which is a giant boat of a car. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so enough about cars. So yeah. you felt better after the Legos. I, I felt much better after the Legos. And that's why I immediately ordered you more Legos. Yes. So I'm I'm apparently taking up Lego building, and uh, I'm happy about that. And at nearly 50 years of age, I have no regret, regrets except not starting it sooner. Like chickens. Yeah, like chickens. Like chickens. Now, you this week said you were going to do something... <laughs> oh, you just want to oh, yeah. mock me for this? Of course I do. Uh, you said you were going to take this week off to garden. Yes, I vowed I would take the week and clean up the garden because, uh, well, that was actually, I vowed to do it because it's finally cooling off and it's yeah. only in the 70s. And you can, in fact, wear hoodies, which I have been. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. Yes. And uh, it is one of Kevin's hoodies. Uh, I own two hoodies of my own own but uh yeah which one is that this is the parental advisory no oh yeah the the one from through fires fuck that single yes uh anyway um it was finally cool enough that i could go outside and pull weeds and do things and so i was like that's it i'm i'm gonna set the garden to rights because you know in summer here you just don't do anything i go i would go out and harvest but that was it the weeds took over everything took over there's just a point where you're like i will die if i am outside and it is not fun and there are bugs and it's so hot and the humidity is so high and suddenly fall is starting to creep in and it's like oh my god it's only 70 out uh, 75 oh my god mm-hmm. i can go out and, and that's do in fahrenheit garden. by the way not celsius no no um so last week i vowed i would take the week off and garden and then it rained for five days straight well that that wasn't just it i mean because it was i think it was sunday even as late as sunday you were like i'm just gonna take next week off and i'm gonna garden yeah so I'm gonna anyway, clean the garden after the the week was over like okay this the we have some clear days. I am going to spend, I'm going to take the week. I'm not going to work. I am going to clean up the garden because the fact that the garden was messy and was such a wreck was really depressing me. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the garden is, is sort of a reflection of, I mean, it is an entirely me made landscape. I I have basically, yeah. Yeah. if it's in the garden, I'm the one who put it there. And with the, you know, possible exception, Kevin helped me erect the pergola. Yes. But it's everything in it I did. You know, I planted the fig tree. I planted, you know, other things. Uh, I I laid the stone. You know, it's that is it is it is very much my space. And I do appreciate that Kevin so quickly and thoroughly seeded the outdoors to me in that regard. I'm just like less grass. 
Yes. Let's go. And then, of course, you know, when he needed chicken space, I, I seeded chunks back as well. But, yeah. uh, but, okay, so Sunday, I'm like, this week, you know, I and I've been stressed. Everything's been stressful. Mom is fine. She's back at home. The fire, last I heard, was about 15 miles away. It may be more now. I realize that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's... And the, the winds have changed, and it's all blowing towards the east now. Yeah, and so. and I think it might have actually rained at one point, so it's good. It's the air quality's terrible. She's got a cough. Everybody's excited because the air quality in a lot of places improved drastically overnight. Yes, yes, but like for the last week, the air quality has just been like super hazardous. You know, everybody's got headaches and coughs and is miserable. Yeah, yeah. but the point is, the house is not on fire. Uh town i grew up in is still been eradicated um although part of it apparently survived the woods i used to wander around in are a complete loss but a couple of the houses made it uh the other town down the road wiped off the map the that was detroit lake where they uh the fire and this this blows my mind still and th- this is one of the things that just like oh yeah you were this this came closer to like breaking me than anything else weirdly enough because i am actually very calm about the town having been destroyed because as long because i haven't been there for years and as long as i never go back it's still in my head i just have to never go back and since i had never planned to go back it's (laughs) fine um it's you know uh i don't have a right to be sad about it the people who were there and who lived there, they're the ones with the right to be upset. I don't. I just have to never go back. We're all good. But Detroit Lake, like, they lost the town. They had, the firefighters had like 70 people there still who hadn't been able to evacuate because, I mean, you were driving out on the highway with the road on fire and they were like, okay, we're going to assemble at the dock or we're basically, we're, we're making a last stand at the dock and we will get in the lake and hope and yeah and that's really bad because this is this is the the cascades and the water is very cold so you will ironically die of exposure while everything around you is on fire uh because life is like that yes and somebody found like some and and this whoever did this basically how can i phrase this this was beyond a miracle this is the sort of thing where a whoever pulled this off like uh revealed that oh by the way i happen to be one of the you know saints on which the world rests and now (laughs) i've exposed myself oops kind of thing um they found forest service roads from detroit lake to government camp and which is near mount hood and if you're not from there this probably doesn't sound like much but there are no roads you can't do this it's not possible to do what they did they found unmarked forest service roads yeah. connecting and those it, exist all over the place. Oh yeah, but yeah. here's the thing. I grew up there. I know what those forest service roads are like. They made the roads in Tibet look amazingly well kept. Yeah. Like this is this is packed dirt 
with huge potholes with like trees growing in it's not just like grass in the ruts it's like trees kind of thing so they would have been skipping between those and old logging roads basically to find connections somebody would have had to go ahead and bu- basically walk ahead of the caravan yep. bushwhacking down the trees that had grown up in the middle and they got 70 people out in a caravan and with both sides of the road on fire around them and like and and I still can't even like, first of all, that must have been like driving through hell. But secondly, it's not possible to do that. Like, whoever did that rolled like 10 natural 20s in a row. <laughs> you you, uh, you cannot do the thing they did, but they did it and they saved a bunch of people's lives. And it's it. I, I, I can't even fathom how to explain it if you haven't lived around there. Like, no guardrails, scree slopes. Like, just, just if you go off, you tumble oh. down a mountainside of rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Anyway. Anyway. Um, gardening. Gardening. Uh, so I was kind of mentally messed up from all of this, and I was like, I will take the weekend garden. I can't think of any words. I have no words. Words are stupid. Why am I even writing? I am Nero fiddling while Rome burns. I gave her the look when she said she was going to do this. And I said, so what's your over-under on how long till I, you know, break down and write something because I feel guilty? It's like, if you make it through Tuesday, it'll be a miracle. So Tuesday, I wrote 1,100 words. I came into the kitchen before dinner, and there she was just pounding away. And I'm like, are you writing? Yes. And uh, uh, how long? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my defense, it was not on any current project that needs to get done. Well, then. So it barely counts. Anyway, anyway. today I wrote nothing and I weed whacked and I helped Shep go pick up a fridge and stuff. But stuff. And, but it's going to rain for like two days. Yeah. So you've got the remnants, I believe, of a hurricane coming through. And yeah, that's yeah. always like at least a day of rain. But I feel much better mm-hmm. today than I have, both because my mom is okay and because, you know, I got the garden in much better shape, and that is good. Yes. So you were talking about rolling natural 20s. Yes. So the 20-sided sorceress is this fantastic fantasy series. It's, it's urban fantasy, and it's about a sorceress who owns a game shop. And it's got tabletop role-playing games. It's got video games. I mean, it's gamer culture in this, and it is absolutely fantastic. And our friend, who wasn't... Who I, we, I hadn't met anyway until... After I'd started reading the series, Annie Belay uh, is the author. And I was really happy a couple weeks ago when Annie was able to sit down with me and talk about how she stays productive. And we'll have that for you right after this.
Hi, folks. I am here with Annie Bellet, one of my favorite people in the world and one of my favorite uh, urban fantasy authors. I just finished her 20-sided sorceress series, and if you haven't read it, you need to. Like, go out, buy all 10 books right now, and read them. It's awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, so, uh, Annie, <laughs> uh, can you introduce yourself a little better than I just did, since I sort of fanboyed a little and didn't mean to? Um, I can pronounce my last name for you. Please do. <laughs> no, it's just Belay, but everyone gets it wrong. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Just Frenchify it a little and you're good. Zhuzh it up. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm adding a little FR to the end of it instead of SP so that I know. Yeah. When, yeah. When, yeah. Um, no, not, not Spanish at all. Not, not actually nope. French at all. <laughs> it's, it's not even my last name. So. Well, there you go. It's. No, it's it's. I stole my husband's because I liked it better. So you are not the first person uh, I know who has done that. I have a, a friend who, um, she's Jewish. She's proud of her Jewish heritage, but I, I asked her. Uh, I said, "So are you going to take your husband's name?" And she says, "Are you kidding me? It's two letters." I am changing my name to his, so I don't have to explain the spelling to anyone anymore. Um, he's Asian, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I I didn't actually legally change it. I just took it for my books. Yeah. No, that's fine. Because I'm I meant to I meant to put in the paperwork to change it, but then years passed and I didn't. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, the paperwork's just. Around it's <laughs> it's been it's, it's been over a decade. <laughs> like I'm just I, too yeah. lazy to do that so no no having watched my my uh my first wife she had changed her name to mine after we got married and then like when we were going through the separation and divorce i'm like so are you going to change your name back she's like oh god no all the paperwork i could no uh-uh, i'm not doing that uh, again. So, yeah my my mom totally kept my dad's name after they got divorced <laughs> it was like no nah, no that's been my name for 30 years i'm good right i think she just isn't changing it back all right, so now that we've settled the name pronunciation issue, yes, sorry. it's fine. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do other than write awesome books? I mean, you write awesome books, so. There's something besides writing books. That's fair. I mean, you play Pokemon no, Go. I know that. I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I do, although not, not as much lately. It's. That game is actually less fun because I I play it a lot when we travel because I like to right. get gifts from different places and silly things and send them to people and and it's you know it's very active outdoor social thing <laughs> so yeah I I haven't been playing much at all like every now and again yeah, but I I just get sad when I open it because I can't and go anywhere I, <laughs> and so I, I can just this. spin the same ten stops and. You know, I have to drive to the nearest three stops. So I, I I'm with you. Well, on that. <laughs> I live in Europe. <laughs> yes. Which I guess is like an interesting thing for American viewers. I don't know. Or listeners. <laughs> but yeah, I, I live in the Netherlands. And so I don't I don't even have to leave my couch to spin a stop. I'm, I'm a little jealous of both. Of <laughs> a little jealous of both those things. And the. uh and there's probably, I don't know, maybe 30 stops within 
half a mile walking radius of me. So, and also the ocean. So and also the ocean. It's okay to be jealous. Like, it's, yeah. Like, I have to get in the car and go three hours east just to get to the ocean. So, yeah, no. I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. I, I walk 10 minutes slowly, a slow <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Just to just to savor it and go, I bet all of my friends back in the States wish they were me right now. I know I've been posting videos on my Twitter and on the one hand I'm like trying to bring the peace of the ocean to people, but on the other hand, I feel like I'm like humble bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm torn because I'm like, this is so beautiful, I want to share it. Then I'm also like, I'm the worst person ever because everyone is staring at their walls. I, I stare at the chickens every so often. You, you have kittens, like you definitely well, yeah, we, have no no call to. Yeah, we. we I, I am I, I am catless and sad. And and, uh, and admittedly, the baby chickens are turning into um, uh, teenage chickens with all that entails. <laughs> with the, they always look so weird. Yeah. When they they're... start getting feathers, so they get some of their adult feathers, and then they just. They they just are in this weird like wow you guys really are descended from dinosaurs like odd place like teenage awkwardness and and yeah and now they've got all their adult feathers and now they're in that size where they're sort of halfway between baby chicken and adult chicken so all their legs are sort of off kilter and Ursula says hi and. <laughs> My my husband just informed me that um I was wrong about how many stops it is. It's oh. 114 stops, not including gyms, within a half mile radius, like like that he can see on his screen. <laughs> That's just bragging. That's just bragging. <laughs> He's the one doing the counting. All right. But so yeah, so, there's a lot of Pokemon here. Is what I'm saying. Writer, gamer, lots of Pokemon. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think everybody has a pretty good idea about, about how this conversation is going to go now, Annie. It's great. I love it. Um, so here's, here's the question we've all been waiting for. Um, how do you keep yourself organized or uh, productive on a given? Yeah. So I actually started bullet journal. Ooh. Yeah, and that has been – it got derailed a little bit. My bullet journal is fairly blank between March and I started again in June because I just, yeah, no. I just, made, I just made a two-page spread called, um, like, Plague Years or Days of Plague or something like that. Yeah. And I just – I put some quotes in it and, like, just kind of left it there because I knew that, that nothing was going to be happening. Like, I just knew. That was back in March. I was yeah. just like – yeah, I don't think I'm going to be having much on my to-do list for the next who knows how long. And then finally in mid-June, so they started requiring masks on public transit here. And I have an mm -hmm. office outside, which I guess is also part of how I stay organized. I have an office outside of the home because our apartment is a European apartment. And there's really no, no good place to like work here in a separate space. And also, we have endless construction, apparently, on either side of us. It's been going on for a year. I've, I've noticed and, that in your Twitter, yeah. Yeah, it, it became impossible. So so basically, by, like, November, I was going insane because I had a book to finish, and I was getting no work done, and I wasn't able to sleep because unlike 
many Europeans and many Dutchies here, the construction people were working six days a week until like seven o'clock at night, which is so counter to Dutch culture. Like, I don't even know who they are. I mean, they are Dutch, but they're just they've just decided to be the most industrious Dutch ever without actually ever finishing <laughs> the apartments to either side of us. Because they just, they, like, they ripped out the floors, they put in, it, it, it's been a nightmare. Like, my nightmare of just right. noise, constant. Which is not, like, I'm not someone who can write in cafes. I cannot write with distraction and noise. I just, I can't do it. And so I finally, <laughs> this winter, rented an office. Like, an actual office in an office building that I take a tram to. Like a co-working space or something, or? Uh, no, like an actual... I mean, it's just a little two-person. It's a it's a box, but I have a window. Hey. Very nice. Looks out on some embassies. Better than I had in some of my jobs here in Raleigh. So yeah. Yeah. So I have a desk and a window, and I put up a whiteboard, and and I've actually found that to be the most productive that I've ever been. I think in a lot of ways because it has allowed me to have a really good work home separation. That even when I had dedicated office space in our house back in Oregon before we moved to the Netherlands or in our apartments before mm. that, like even that, it still was very difficult for me not to be like, I'm at my computer, I could be working. You know, right. why am I not working? Like, like that beating myself up about not doing more. But now it's like, oh, I can just go to my office. And then I work at my office. And then when I come home, it's like, you've already worked. You're home from work now. You can yeah. just sit at your computer and watch YouTube all night if you want. Like, that's, it's okay not to be working right now because you've done your job. And so yeah. I found that incredibly helpful. Yeah, for, for I, Ursula, it was the coffee shop. And now it's it's nebulous because they can't, she can't sit in the coffee shop, right? yeah. No, and it, yeah, this plague has been super disruptive. And so I couldn't go to my office because I didn't want to take public transit. Right. My office building doesn't have a lot of people in it. It's very, and my office is like closed, you know, it, it, it has its own vent and everything. So like, I wasn't worried about being in my office. Right. Cause it's not like I have to interact with coworkers or anything. I was more worried about just getting to my office and being in public transit with you know, people. And, yeah. and so, cause also the public transit going to my office isn't too bad, but coming back, that's like the main tram to the beach. And so oh. it can get pretty crowded. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it can be like standing room crammed only. And like, I did not want to do that in the days of plague. <laughs> so, but then they started requiring masks on public transit. And I was like, okay, I feel safer being right. masked up on, on the transit. And so I've just started slowly trying to get back into a routine of going back to my office. But like mm -hmm. I had a project to finish in that I was overdue on, of course, in June. And I finally went to my office on a weekend day. Cause I was like, it'll be even quieter and the trams right. will be quieter. And I got more done in seven hours at my office than I had gotten done in three months. Like I finished my story. I did all the edits. I worked on some <laughs> other things. I did my bullet journal for August like nice yeah and so i found that like i was like oh this works i can do this so uh, yeah and and i know like obviously paying for an office 
in another building away from your house is another expense and not something that like I can just be like, yeah, everyone should do this. But right, 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 right. For for me, finishing things is how I pay my rent. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if I can't right. finish things in my house, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, if I have to spend extra rent basically in order to be able to have money at all. It's worth it. So for me, that was definitely not that not the cheapest organizational thing, but it's mm-hmm. definitely helped me have a have a separation and a way to be somewhere that is only about work. Like I don't my office chair isn't particularly comfortable. It's not bad, but it's not great. I don't want right. to sit there and watch, you know, Netflix. <laughs> so it's like if I'm in my office, I want to work. I want to get my work done and I want to go home where I'm comfortable. And then you can watch all the Netflix you want. Yeah, and and I can watch it in a more like relaxed state because I'm like, all right, I already did a bunch of things today and I've got my journal so I can be like, okay, anything I didn't do today that I want to get done tomorrow, I can just make a note for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can record my working hours. Yeah, um uh you can Ursula tracks her word count pretty religiously, so I don't know if that's something you do as well. I used to, and I mm-hmm. quit because I'm a deleter. <laughs> <laughs> so it got ah. really depressing when my word count would be like 30,000. And then it would be like, you have 8,000 words left in this book. <laughs> and then it would be like, I'm halfway through the books. I've just deleted half the book. So now I basically, I track work hours kind of because technically I might need them if I ever need to like prove to the government that I'm working. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're supposed to work 1,200 hours a year, but I don't invoice anyone. Like I don't think the Dutch government quite knows what to do with me <laughs> because like all the money I earn is royalties. I don't have clients. Right. Like right. I don't invoice anyone. We actually here's a here's a funny bureaucratic thing that is different from the states. So after we moved here, we were doing all our paperwork. And one of the things I had to do was register with the KVK, which is the um, business bureau, like the Chamber of Commerce. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And you have to register your business, even if you're just a sole proprietor. So I registered my business. And then, like, I don't know, it must have been just a few days later. We got a knock on the door. And there was this man who had clearly ridden his bike, which like everyone does, but he was just wearing like a button down shirt and some blue jeans and had a little backpack and he was standing at the door and I'm like, I wasn't expecting a delivery or anything like this. And we had just moved in like, I don't know, a week or two before, right? you know, so like we're brand new to this country and to our apartment and, and uh, he was like, and and our visa was in progress. Like nothing was set at that point. Like we, we, we were just trying to go through the steps to be legally here. Right. Right. And this guy, we open the door and he's like, oh, he's like, hi, I'm from the Belasting Dust. And I'm like, the what? And he's like, oh, the tax office. <laughs> and I was like, because in the U.S., of course, the IRS shows up on your doorstep. You're fucked. Yeah. Like, um, you have done, especially without calling or anything, mm-hmm. like no letters, like no notifications. I mean, the IRS actually will never call you. They'll only send you a letter. But, you know, no, with if, if an IRS agent shows up on your doorstep with no warning. You you have like you are a step away from them seizing your assets and you're going to jail. Like, yeah, it's just I not mean, a thing you ever want to happen. 
And and by step away, you mean the step it he takes into your house when you open the door. That's the step away. If they're physically there, you're yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like standing there, like in my little Americanness, like, holy shit, what did I fuck up already? <laughs> you know, it's I haven't even been here a month. Like, how did I screw up so badly? Like, I swear I didn't do anything. And so I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, you come in. <laughs> so he came in and like we cleared a spot at the kitchen table and sat down. And he's like, so I'm here to determine if you need a uh, to ask you some questions about your business and to determine if you need a uh, a, a VAT number, like a tax number oh. to, to pay VAT. Because right. if you have clients, you have to charge the 21% value added tax. Right. And then pay, and you get a number that is specifically your number, and you pay that to the government. And I was like, oh, so he asked me some questions and I was like, I don't have clients. This is how my business works. Like I explained it as clearly as I could. And he was like, oh, okay. You don't need a VAT number. You're fine. And I was like, great. He's like, great. He's like, do you have any questions for me about your, about the tax office or any of this? And I'm just sitting here staring at this guy. Like I'm still getting over that. I'm not being arrested. Right. (laughs) And there's this nice man like sitting at my kitchen table and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. So I'm I'm not in any trouble here. No, uh, he literally okay. just popped around to establish whether or not I needed a tax number. <laughs> well, wow. an additional tax number. I'd already had my like right. person, my my broker service number, but like, yeah, he. That was it. That was the entire. <laughs> it, it was. I was just sitting there like, like, you are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, literally as well as figuratively in that case. So yeah, I think I drove through a part of Kansas once, but but Dang. the but it it it, it felt very yeah, it was flat. <laughs> the it it was just so like why why is there a tax office guy here? But I don't know. So that that was a weird a weird integration thing. <laughs> sort of sort of a culture shock thing right there. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was super, super scary and turned out to be totally fine. Like all the all the Dutch bureaucracy, it's it's bureaucratic to the extreme, but they're very they're very matter of fact and they're very. Straightforward, which I like. Yeah, no comment on 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 around here. None, none whatsoever. (laughs) Bad, 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 bad. Uh, bullet journal. All right. Do you do anything fancy with the bullet journal? Is it just like, I'm drawing my week. I'm drawing my month. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I kind of do. Cause well, so I, I, I fell into the washi tape hole. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is a deep hole. I live there now. I bought a separate set of drawers for my washi tape. <laughs> that's, that's all right. I, I, I have the pen problem, so here's here's my seven-color pilot um, friction set that I just got to go with my new Rocketbook notebook. Um, Nice. And, yeah, and then there's all the highlighters in my Filofax, which... I I did watch all the... I I watched a ton of YouTube videos about... Oh, yeah? journaling and i bought all the recommended pens 
<laughs> so I have like the Tombow brush pen and I have like the the colored brush pens that they recommend and the mm-hmm. fine liners and like six different widths and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it was it was bad. And so I, I'm not very artistic in terms of like I can't draw for shit and I, I cannot letter for shit like. I'm dyslexic and I, my handwriting is a serial killer handwriting. And <laughs> so, no, it actually is. There was this woman came to my school okay. when I was in middle school and she was doing like the writing, like thing. Yeah. 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 Like, like the okay. writing analysis stuff. It was big in like the early nineties, late eighties, like the oh, writing yeah, analysis. Yeah. And she looked at my writing and she's like, oh, your writing shares a lot of similarities with serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and so I actually changed how I did my T's and my U's forever. Like I took so, the curls off my U's and I started double crossing my T's. Just to, just to, to make try sure and not be a serial killer. <laughs> I found stencils. Yeah, I have stencils too. Stencils, Those are great. All the different shapes. I'm like... I, I don't even know what I'm going to do with them because I don't like. I went a little money. nuts on Etsy. This was like a pack of 40 on Amazon. And it's like I used them briefly and I'm like, you know what? This is this is I need something a little more utilitarian for my when I was doing bullet journal. So, yeah. Did you get one of the rulers with the. I want one of the, those. I don't have one with like the little cutouts you can use as stencils. They make like fancy rulers. Oh, oh, no. What I they have did. little like stencil cutouts. Wait, I have to find. I was using the. <laughs> I was using a uh, because I like the disc bound journals. So like this oh, is okay. A, yeah, yeah. The, the circa or the tool or whatever, and then so I, I think I'm using the... an Archer and Olive. <laughs> oh, those are nice. Those are they're nice. really nice. Yeah, like they've got yeah. the paper never bleeds through. They're they're super nice. Yeah, but what I did was I took the ruler divider and I just put a sticker on it with the guide as to what the bullets oh, are. Oh, yeah, nice. So yeah. So I could remember. And it's on both sides. So it's like, oh, okay. When I flip that, I don't have to go, oh, what was the thing for? Oh, there it is. I've 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 given myself a key. Because, I, I made up my yeah. own with little hearts instead of bullets. Okay. Like, like if I'm moving something, it's a heart with an arrow through it. <laughs> <laughs> and then if... And then it's like a it's like a sad broken heart if I'm like uh if I'm like didn't finish something. <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah, and then like an Xed out heart if I'm canceling something and yeah. I mean but I mean that's the the one of the nice things I like about Bullet Journal aside from the fact that there is a large cult associated with it. The Bujo cult. Yes, Ursula will <laughs> scream it's a cult more than once when I mention this. Um but uh, is that it's like if you want to make little adjustments to it, it's really easy to do. Yeah. Right? And if you fall off of it, it's really easy to pick back up. Yeah. I mean, I missed like three months of bullet journaling and I just went and I was like, OK, I'm just going to do the last two. Like I'm going to do a July layout because. Right. So I do. So basically my, mine's in my office. Or I'd show you. But mm-hmm. so basically I do like a cover page for each month. So I do right. like July and then I'll put a bunch of stickers and I'll, I'll try and pick them on a theme. I have a lot of like flower stickers and cat stickers and things like that. And then I'll pick washi tapes that I like for that month. I have a lot of Pokemon washi tape. <laughs> Shocking. I, I know. I never guessed. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cats, a lot of books and a lot of Pokemon. Those are my washi tape themes. 
actually, <laughs> I bought a big package of, of like 40 washi tapes and Matt was like, you already have washi tapes. And I'm like, but not florals. <laughs> Cause I was missing. So I wanted to do a floral theme for August and I didn't have florals. And so, and then I'll Sounds do like when I'm left unsupervised in a, in a pen store and Ursula's just like, don't you already have pens in those colors? I'm like, but, but, but not those these are five pens. millimeters. Yeah. These are. <laughs> I need three millimeter. Don't you understand? Right. I get you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So all the washi tape, all the washi tape. Sorry for interrupting. Just... <laughs> no, it's it's fine. No, so I do. And then I do like a little habit tracker thing where I generally record. So I, I've been drawing like a, a shitty little jar and then using, I have a rose stencil, like a big rose stencil. And right. so I've been making a rose coming out of the jar, like it's a little vase. And then the habit tracker is I fill in the little squares in the jar with hearts in different colors. But it all kind of like, because I don't want to be too rigid about it, because when I get too rigid about things, I tend to go overboard and then I burn out and then I, or I beat myself up. So I didn't want like checking off every day. I just want to be able to look back over the month and be like, hey, there's a bunch of orange i did my dutch every day you know there's a bunch of purple i got some movement in constantly yeah. like yeah. you know so so i have that so i have like little pink hearts for writing purple hearts for movement and then orange for my dutch practice and then uh i think i have one other for like meditation or something but i almost never do that <laughs> so those hearts don't get colored in very often no that's but i, I yeah <laughs> mostly it looks orange and purple <laughs> But the, uh, and then I, I do a, um, like mood and pain tracker that I, I actually stole someone's from online. Well, I didn't steal it. I borrowed their layout. <laughs> like, um, because I really liked it. And so it tracks yeah. like daily. I like plot dots basically of like how I feel. And then like number, like I keep track of depression, fatigue, um, mm -hmm. and pain levels. And then. Yeah. You know, which which I think, and then also like as a girl, my period. Um, right. But but I think like for for me as someone who deals with like chronic issues, like being able to just look and see. Oh, and I track sleep, which has been very oh, not yeah. surprising, eye opening. But also, I'll be having a day where I'm like, I'm really tired. I'm mad at everything. I feel like shit, and I'll be like, I got three hours of sleep last night. <laughs> like, huh? I wonder why that's related. <laughs> It's like everything hurts. Well, you only got five hours of sleep the last four nights running. Right. You know, yeah. or like, I feel really great. It's like you got seven hours of sleep. <laughs> like it's, it's so far been pretty directly correlated. Yeah. I, and I've got a tracking, I've got a tracker. I, I got an Apple watch, um, but got I got a sleep tracker, tracker for that. Yeah. I got the fancy tracker, but I've just been surprised at being able to look and go, Oh, I got six hours of sleep last night and this is how much better I feel. Just having yeah. like an extra hour from what was normal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing how like mm -hmm. sleep makes you feel better. It's been amazing so, what getting so a new heard. bed has done for the amount of sleep both of us are getting. So Yeah, that's important. Yeah. And I'd like to point out that. I am always surprised at the number of 
how do I phrase this appropriately? People who have uteruses, the number of people who have uteruses that don't track their cycle. Well, I actually just started, well, I just started having periods again this year because I stupidly decided to get my marinum removed right before the uh, yeah. plague, which <laughs> was, a, was a choice I hope no one else has ever made. <laughs> but, but yeah, but I also didn't start tracking until a few months after that. And then I was like, you know what? It would be really good to know. Right. Yeah. Because it would like the... <laughs> Not not too long ago, I was like, why am I hungry and irritated and want to kill everything? And I'm like, and then I looked at the date and I was like, oh. Oh. I was like, oh, I know what's <laughs> happening. I know why I'm a serial killer right now. <laughs> like, oh, all right. Everything's fine. Just yeah. give me the ice cream and no one gets hurt. It's kind but, of a chunky fudge. Or, uh... <laughs> I, no, I like... Yeah, I like cookie dough or just oh, like yeah. good old vanilla bean. I think vanilla gets a bad rap as being boring, but it, it depends it's on so like, good. Like proper vanilla is good, but there are so many that they're just like, yeah, uh, we're calling it vanilla because we we're just not putting any extra flavoring in it at all. It's like, no, you get a proper vanilla bean and it's so good. Yeah, it has to have yeah. vanilla in it. It can't just right. be like cream. Yes. Yeah. Which segues, all of this segues sort of into um, the next question. I'm waiting to see how this works. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, have a, I have a process. Periods, a ice cream, bullet journals, go. What habits are important to keeping you productive? And so we've already got this. You have a habit tracker for things like um, your moods for, you know, exercise, um, those are habits. What other sorts of habits and systems are important to this? Going into the office? Yeah, I mean, and also when I am better about my sleeping hours, because I, mm -hmm. I have a lot of trouble sometimes keeping my sleeping hours normal, or, or at least somewhat diurnal, I should say. Because <laughs> I, I do my best work in like the early afternoon. But it's really hard if I don't go to bed until like nine o'clock in the morning, then I'm going to get like four or five shitty hours of sleep, not want to work when I get up. Yeah. And and so it's a lot easier for me if I go to bed at like by like 2 a.m. and then I get up at, you know, nine or 10 is fine. And then I get to my office by noon and then I can sort of settle in, do what I need to do. And then I just can work, you know, because I found that I work best between like one and four. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I need to be like settled, I guess. I don't know. I'm definitely not one of those people who can write in chaos. Like I'm just not good at it at all. And I can't really write in, I'm a binge writer. Mm -hmm. I can't write in short bursts. Like I need to, once, once I'm ready to actually like start writing on a thing, I need to be able to just sit down and knock out like five to 8,000 words. And I need yeah. the time to do that. And if I'm writing in, and I've, I've tried to be like a daily writer, and every time I just end up deleting whatever I wrote. And that's, yeah, no, no, that's that's the... It just never worked for me. Yeah. 
Um, and I've tried a lot because I would like to be one of those people who just like does their study one to 2000 words a day and a novel comes out every few months, like falls out of there. And, and I'm just like, I can't, that's just not me. I'm a chaos demon. Yeah, no, I've, I've talked to a lot of different writers over the, the last three <laughs> years. No, really I have. Um, and everybody does you. it differently. Um, yeah. you know, uh, Ursula and Murr are sort of like, get the words down every day. Um, there was somebody I was talking to. Was it one of, uh, uh, who's just like, no, I sit down and I write. And if I end up deleting half of it, whatever, you know, so you're not alone in the, in the being a deleter sort of thing. Um, I just can't remember who it was now. Um, it wasn't, uh, Kern? I can't remember. It's Maybe. probably in my notes somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, and then there are the people um, who are just like, they plot everything out tightly into an outline and the beats and every single bit down. And then they're like, all right, now I just have to connect all the dots. And I'm like, I am so jealous. I can't even write computer programs that way. So... <laughs> I mean, I, I do outline, but not like that. Yeah. Like it's yeah, very, yeah. my outlines are way, they're, they're like guidelines, really. Yeah. 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 Like, I think, but it's, yeah. in terms of habits, like mostly I just need to, to be, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm like the caution tale of writers. <laughs> so everyone's like, don't wait for inspiration. Just write the thing. Get it out, even if it sucks. And I'm like, no, I, I only write when like I can, I can see the movie playing in my head and hear the characters and know what's going on. And I only can work when I don't have like a million distractions and, and I have a large chunk of time in which we're like, I need three or four hours. Right. You know, even if I'm not going to spend that whole time writing, I need I need to know that I have the time like a security blanket that it's not going to be interrupted. But And I'm <laughs> and I'm terrible if I am interrupted. Like there was one point where I was like, I don't know, four or five lines from finishing. I can't remember if it was a book or a short story. I think it was a book. I was like four or five lines from the end of a novel. Like I was right. at that end point where I just literally had to write the final paragraph. And it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I had literally been writing. That was the time when I wrote 18,000 words in one sitting. Whoa. Well, yeah. Well, no, in two sittings, kind of. In, in, in one 24-hour period, I had started the morning before. And then I took oh. a break to get some food. And then I wrote straight through all afternoon and all night. And I was one paragraph off of finishing this book. And we were supposed to drive out to the coast and Matt had been like patiently waiting in the other room, like not bothering me, but it was getting to the point where like we needed to leave. And he wasn't right, sure right. if we were still going because he didn't know what had been happening. All he knew is I hadn't come to bed and he knew I was working <laughs> on this book. And, and he opened the door to my office oh. as I was one paragraph off and Just was like, break the Hey, he was like, Hey, are we going to go? And I don't remember exactly what he said. He might. <laughs> Apparently I said, get the fuck out. <laughs> I just like, cause I remember like yelling at him. Like I was so oh. in the zone and I was just like, get the fuck out. <laughs> and he just like closed the door. 
And then it took me, it took me a solid like 20 minutes to write that paragraph right. because I had to get back into the zone. And I finished it and I came out and I was like, I'm really sorry, but I was like one paragraph off the end. Like, don't fucking do that to me. <laughs> But it was like, I was just, I felt like the worst person, but like, I was so, I had, I was, yeah, it was like fugue state. Like, and I've never done that again because that was a terrible, like, I didn't write anything for almost a month after that. I I just couldn't. I was frozen. I was just like in pain. These sorts of things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so never, never write 18,000 words. Don't do it. Yeah, no. Um. Uh, several several writers are just like, yeah, I do this, do this, and then I'll have a day where I write nine, ten thousand words, and then I have to take a week off. Like, yeah, huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually towards the end of the book. That's pretty. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty much me. It's usually towards the end of the book. Yeah, and then you, then everything just can't do anything else for for a week or whatever. Yeah. Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah. Yes. As the husband of a writer, I, I feel that uh, uh, we should all, all of us who are partners of writers should expect at least that one, oh God, they're in the writing state and I've just interrupted them and uh, I'm going to get yelled at now. So, Well, I think that's really the only time that he ever did that. I don't think he's ever <laughs> done it since. <laughs> and that was, that was back in like, what, 2010 probably, 2011? Like, that wasn't... I just stare at you and try to remember what words. Uh, Ursula's explaining that she doesn't yell. She just uh, has to stop and remember what words are and stares at me mutely because talk brain is not the same as right word brain. Yeah. It's it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, you haven't. I'm I'm the yeller, Ursula. I'm the screamy one. <laughs> that's, that's fine. So many the the every, everybody has their moments and has their their sort of relief valves. It's it's fine. Um, God, we were talking about systems and habits. Okay, uh, habits. Yes. <laughs> yes, habits. My it is not my habit to scream at people. <laughs> just I just want to make that clear. That was a one time thing. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's fair. Um, well, how do you start your day then? How do you figure out what to do first? Or do you have a routine or something like that? Um, yeah, usually. So usually what I like to do is catch up on emails. Like if there's mm-hmm. anything that needs to be like I check my emails, I look through things like that and make sure there's no fires I have to put out. You know, I, I, I ignore the things that I don't have to pay attention to. <laughs> like, like it's that old joke, right? Like, like if you email me, either you'll hear from me within 10 minutes or you're never going to hear from me again. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty much me. Like either you either respond immediately or I respond like two months from now when I'm like, oh shit, I should have done something about that. I, but, I remember setting up the interview and you're like, and I'm like, yeah, here's the thing just whenever. And suddenly it's like, boom. Okay, so it's three months from now, but there, there it is. Yeah, so not gonna forget about it. <laughs> if I if I hadn't done that, <laughs> right? it would not have. It would have gotten to the point like, oh man, he invited me to do that, but now it's been two months and I haven't responded. I'll just not ever say a thing about it again. <laughs> Let's just pretend that never happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm bad that way. I know how bad. that goes. I know how that goes. But then at that point, it depends on what I'm 
like what I'm working on really dictates how my work day goes. Right. Because so like last week I went to my office on Wednesday, I think, and I went in and I had actually been planning on working on this novella that I'm working on. But the problem was, is that I, I have the outline and everything for it, but I haven't, it hasn't percolated long enough. Like I can't actually hear the characters or see the world. And so when I sat down, Mm -hmm. that's what I thought I was going to be working on. So I went in, I did my emails, I opened up my document and I was like, all right, let's write, like, let's do this. I know where that opening scene is. Let's go. And then I sat there staring at the page and was like, I can't visualize any of this. I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't actually see, like, I can kind of see the main characters. And I kind of see what I want to happen. But I don't have any, nothing feels like it's real yet. And I was like, oh, this is definitely not ready to be written. And that's that's what I mean when I say, like, I'm a ter- I'm one of those terrible people. It's like, no, I need to, I need it to be working or I can. Right. So I will often sit on ideas for things for years sometimes. Like they'll just be backburnered in my brain. Or sometimes they'll just dump themselves completely into the front of my brain and be like, no, you're writing me right now. Here's the entire thing. And I can never, I'm I'm never sure like what it's going to be. So do you know how long the bread wizard has been percolating? (laughs) The book that just came out? I don't actually. I think I read a midtime draft of it somewhere around 2009 when we had first started living together. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, um, it's about the same time I I read an early draft of Minor Mage. So yeah, that yeah, sense. no, no, yeah, it it's, hasn't it's been definitely fun it's, it's kind of like that. Only my decade. only my husband never gets to see anything. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't. Okay. Nope. Not until not until I'm ready for like him to to read it and give feedback. So you don't and, hit like forty thousand words and go. I need someone to tell me that this doesn't shame my ancestors because it's absolute shit. Every every now and again, I will let him read an opening chapter okay. for that exact reason of like, mm-hmm. even if you hate this, <laughs> please tell me that this isn't terrible. <laughs> I just need to hear that right now. No, I mean he would tell me if if it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's only really done that once. But when, when I gave him a short story and I was like, "Here, read this," and he read it and he was like, "Yeah, I, I started to really care about what was happening on page 12. and I'm like, "It's a 14 page short story," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit, I fucked that one up." <laughs> that story has never been published because I looked at it and I'm like, "I have no idea how to fix this," but he's right. <laughs> So yeah. that, that story just, it was just one of those things. Like clearly that idea was not, it was not good enough. Like, right. It's just, it's just gone. It was practice. And that's, but, and that's fine. But he definitely yeah. did not, he definitely did not pull <laughs> that punch. So I just looking at him like page 12, but that's like two pages from the end of the story. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, huh. Definitely didn't start that in the right place. Oh yeah. Well, hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I I very much like I mean I d- deadlines definitely kind of dictate right, my right. my writing a little bit although I I've been very bad ever since I got ill in 2014 I I don't think I've hit a deadline since and I used to be the person who always hit deadlines so mm-hmm. that's awkward to to have changed but I don't think my brain is ever going back so I'm just like I will hit the ones I can, kind of, as close as I can, and then I'm going to just 
do what I need to do, I guess. You know, but, sometimes that's just how it works, right? Yeah. So, so like on Wednesday when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to work on what I wanted to work on, I was like, okay, well, what else do I have to do? And then I was like, oh, well, there's this novel idea I really love that I can't work on until probably like October because I had to finish this other novel. Mm-hmm. But but it's definitely going to be my next project. And um, and I'm super excited. Like when I was saying like sometimes my brain just dumps an entire thing, my brain just dumped an entire trilogy on me. I have like, I don't know, 30 or 40 pages of notes now, <laughs> like outline characters, world building. I drew, so on Wednesday, I drew a map for that. Right. I was like, I want to draw a map for this. And then I worked on um, Harper's Tale a bit because I have a, a book that I've been working on for like three years. The the that was supposed to come out between book seven and eight of Twenty Sided, but okay. I it just I realized earlier this year why I'd stalled on it and that I had basically like I didn't like the plot, like the plot mm-hmm. needed to change in a lot of ways, and I figured out how to do that. And so last week I like the beginning of the book can basically stay the same. The most of what I've written, I have to delete some of what I've written because it doesn't fit right, anymore. Right. But and so I spent Wednesday re-outlining Harper's Tale and working on the chapters that I already had. And I was like, and, you know, and so I still got things done that needed to be done at some point, right. even if it wasn't what I'd planned on working on. So I don't know. So a I lot mean, of, a lot of times that happens where like, I will think that I'm going to work on something, but fortunately I have enough. Usually I have enough stuff that needs to get done at some point that I can kind of play that game of like, okay, this is really not working. I'm not going to try and force it because I'm going to get nothing done and feel terrible. So instead it's like, what else can I, like, what else do I need yeah. to do? Is there something that I need to edit? Is there like the other day I just felt like working, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to work on, but I have like these two thriller novels that really need a lot of edits. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, I'm just going to pull up one of those. And I went through 143 pages of edits on that. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, that's something no one is going to care about or like nobody reads my thriller pen name. You know, I'm, I'm in no to release those books, but <laughs> on the other hand, at some point it'd probably be nice to like get these off my plate. So I was like, okay, this yeah. is what I'm going to work on so that I'm doing something because I find that I lose a lot of momentum and mm-hmm. I kind of mire myself in a lot of guilt if I'm not working on something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if it's not the thing that really should be worked on, cough, cure is not full. Cough, cough. <laughs> as I, as I, oh, she's, she's not an eyesight anymore. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I was going to say, I think most of Sword Heart was written when Ursula was avoiding edits for something. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand completely. Um, oh, and she gets so grumpy when she's like, you know, oh, I don't know about the 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 the, the wait for inspiration to strike, and then she has a day where it's like this story popped into my head, and I just had to write it out, and I'm like, uh huh, yeah, I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, those those are the good days. Like, yeah, but it's it's definitely not not common. I don't know. Although I do find the more consistently I work, the better mm-hmm. it is. Because one, I think my mood is better, mm-hmm. and I've I've heard this from a lot of writers actually that when we're not writing, we actually get more depressed. <laughs> like 
you you feel shittier about everything and then right. I'll start right. writing and be like, oh, I feel a lot better. <laughs> it's like I needed to write. And so yeah, it's Yeah, it's it's a bit like an an addiction issue, but <laughs> uh, well, I I'm of that firm believer that, you know, uh writers don't actually retire, they just stop accepting deadlines. Uh I think it was yeah. some like I think what was it? Stephen King quote unquote retired and now he just shoves shoves a book at his editors every so often. Um because he's writing what he wants to write and not under contract or deadline or anything like that. So I dream of that day. Yeah. So many do. You know, I just need like a pile of fuck it all money and then I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Buy my books. <laughs> all of them. No, no, like literally all the books. <laughs> I I have big enough to read pile and um, yeah, no, and I'm waiting on the next series. So yeah, okay. Um <laughs> no, not you. Not me. The oh. nebulous you, the the, the untold okay. millions who need to buy my books. I can just lurk like people, a dragon. Read, yeah. You need to read the 20-sided Trust me on that one. It's fun. <laughs> you don't even have to read it. Just buy it. <laughs> if you like Dresden Files but hate the fact that Dresden's really an asshole and all the other associated baggage with that, you'll love the 20-sided Sorceress. Um, it's much nerdier, that's for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Way nerdier. Um Yes. Uh, advice. <laughs> what is what is the best advice you have been given or would give somebody else? Start glitter. Wait, what? <laughs> That's usually my response. No, Start but glitter? Um, dark glitter. Shark, shark glitter. <laughs> it's shark it's glitter. it's that whole like um, people ask like where do you get your ideas. And then that oh. one writer was like from from somewhere in New York or something like that. I can't remember what the actual response was, but no, like I don't know, like that. Well, the best advice actually that I've ever gotten in terms of productivity mm-hmm. is was buying, and I have read it multiple times. I reread it pretty much before every pro- like big project that I start, and that's Rachel Aaron's 2K to 10K book. Which I believe you can just still pick up as an ebook. It's like three bucks. It's and it I am it is hands down the best like craft and productivity book on writing that I've ever read, and I have read most of them. But she gives so many good, just just actionable tips in there. Ooh. So like, um, one is like basically skip the boring parts. Which, which was, I know it, it doesn't, it doesn't like sound as revolutionary as it is, but if you stop and think about it, so like every time I'm writing something and I'm like, I don't want to write this chapter, I sit there and I think about now, like, why don't I want to, like, is, is this not fun for me? Because if this isn't fun for me to write, yeah, you know, like truly isn't fun for me to write, who, who wants to read this? Like nobody wants their vegetables, like skip to the Snickers, I think is how she puts it. And so like, <laughs> You want the candy bar scenes. And so I think that that alone has like definitely helped 
craft wise because like yeah mm-hmm. it's like why isn't this fun or why isn't this interesting or like why isn't right. there something going on in this scene and usually it's because the scene is lacking in peril or tension or i need to up the stakes or maybe mm-hmm. i'm telling it from the wrong point of view or you know but but oftentimes like that's a signal that something is wrong and you're not writing you know the the, the candy bar and and yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the book is, and even if, if a reader might not notice, you know, that, that might be a part in a book where they'll start skimming a little bit because they want to get to the fight scene or the whatever is happening that, you know. And so I think that that tip definitely yeah. made me a better writer. And then also her, in terms of productivity, she has a tip about, and I think you can do this, even if you're a pantser, you can do this, but mm-hmm. it's really good for outliners of pre-writing before you sit down to write every day. And so what I'll do is even though I have an outline that kind of has like the chapter by chapter and a little paragraph for each chapter, right, right. And, or sometimes just a line or two, which, or sometimes just a couple of words like fight scene here. And I'm like, thanks past me. Good confidence. <laughs> You're an asshole. Like make this, make this really emotional. I've written notes to myself and outlines like that. And every time and like, you know, weeks or months later, I'm just like, really, you couldn't have given me a little more like you had so much confidence in future me and <laughs> future me hates you <laughs> but she she gives the advice to write a paragraph or right. so like just basically what you want to accomplish in the scene mm-hmm. and so I'll often do that and that is really useful in terms of then I know going in it doesn't even though I do it in like a notebook on the side and not on the page mm-hmm. although you could probably just type it into the document and then delete it after you write the chapter or whatever but yeah. it it I found that super helpful for like reminding me what I'm trying to accomplish, reminding me who people are, what's going on, and also not feeling like I'm attacking a blank page that that it doesn't feel like so much of a wall, I guess. Right. 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 And so like that tip alone, I went from writing, I don't know, like eight hundred to a thousand words in an hour on average to like two thousand words. <laughs> like it just it just oh, helps that flow, like just yeah. pour out. Every time I do it. And so I, I often reread that book before I start a big project, but just to yeah. kind of remind myself like her tips and her tricks. But that is, wow. she, that book is definitely like, I'm, I'm an evangelist for Rachel Aaron's book. <laughs> like it's so good. And I mean, she's, she's a really good author. So it's not surprising to me that she wrote this book, but apparently she wrote the book because, um, mm-hmm. she wrote a blog post initially, but because she had a deadline to meet and she, I think has children. And she was like, I cannot find more writing time. Mm-hmm. She's like, but in order to meet my deadline, I need to write 10,000 words a day. And oh. I don't have any more hours in the day that I can find. She's like, so how do I be more productive in the time that I do have? Mm-hmm. And so she basically discovered all of these tricks in in terms of like basically hacking her own writing process and paying attention yeah. to what worked and what didn't for her. And then she wrote this blog post and it like, was super great and all of us were like oh my god put this in a book and so then she made this little book and it's not a very big book but yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exactly what you need <laughs> like I'm, and it's just a couple of bucks and like it's so good I, i'm totally linking to it in the show notes absolutely totally linking yeah, to it in the show dude, notes because seriously like you can, you can you can just skip listening to me and just read that book <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all you need like it is it is really good it's so good I have two questions left. All right, go. So, 
The first question is what we often call the easy but sad one. Um, so how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? <laughs> <laughs> how do I deal with failure or when I miss a goal? My husband's giving me this look. <laughs> <laughs> I walk into the sea. No. Uh, <laughs> I joke about walking into the sea. That's all right. Ursula, it's a medical test subject. Just, <laughs> is, I should have been a medical you... test subject. <laughs> well, well, so I used to, I used to, every time I wanted to quit writing, I would, which is not, not insignificant number of times, I would go on Craigslist and I would start looking at job listings. <laughs> oh, God. And then I'd realize that, like, I'm not qualified for anything. <laughs> and also it would suck and I <laughs> and, and would not pay as well. <laughs> so which, which says something about the American job market, by the way. But uh, also, yeah. like, I mean, it, but I haven't I haven't worked since 2009. So like for right, anything right. but myself. So like <laughs> and I'm and you know, I'm tattooed head to foot practically at this point. So I preach to the choir on that one, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I've been working on my, my do you bat do you have your neck pit. though? I've not gotten my neck uh chest, neck, or back done yet. Yeah, yeah. see I've I've got my neck. And that's the one that like mm -hmm. the neck and, and I have my knuckles. My knuckles say type more for the Okay. <laughs> one of one of my, my coworkers has his it says uh That's how hardcore says, I am. Yeah, it says plan and the other is H or no A H E A. And so those are his knuckle tattoos, his plan ahead. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Took me a minute to see that one. Yeah, mine yeah. Mine just says type more. Type more. Okay. <laughs> My reminder. Sorry, I, I got started late and uh, have been catching up. On the other hand, uh, now that we are, like, we are done from knee to ankle on both legs now, so... And yeah, I, I still have, I have only one tattoo on my left leg, and that's my Pikachu, which is shocking, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I have a Pikachu on my thigh, and then I've I've slowly been starting on my right leg. I have a thigh tattoo, and then my um, calf and stuff is started, and then, mm. but I'm, for my legs, though, I'm going, I'm going uh, piecemeal. <laughs> I'm not doing like for for my arms. I did comprehensive sleeves, and it took years and was like, for a while because I did I started them at the same time, roughly in the same year, by two different yeah. artists. So I was getting tattooed like every two weeks, and I just got really tired of healing tattoos. And and so for after like two years, I was just like, I don't know, if I can do this. So I like the one and done sessions now. I, and that's funny because my my arms have been the piecemeal bits. Although even then the the bat on my wrist uh, was not a one and done. I think we did that in about three three sessions. I don't know if you can see it. I'll have to. Yeah, I can kind of see it. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty pretty detailed. Yeah. Well, that's one of my 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 artists. Her specialty is is like fine fine details. Next time I yeah. see you in person in the after times, <laughs> we'll uh, just have to strip down and be like, all right. You, I mean, the detail she put on the pinup with bat wings on my shin alone but yeah i don't think i saw that in dublin yeah <clears throat> so yeah uh, or the or the the just the i don't know if you can see all this 
like the individual scales on the dragon here. Um, I can't. Yeah. But I can imagine. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So failure. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, tattoos. No. Um, That's how I cope. No, actually. That's how I cope with life. But no, so I don't know. Like, well, what do you define as failure, though? So that's that's an interesting question because I've I've had people who that's that's why one why I add the missing a goal because okay you know um sometimes you're gonna miss things and and there's there's everybody sort of defines failure for themselves uh, differently like um, how was it uh, someone was you know we were trying to talk about it it's like yeah no uh, the failure case for uh, my friend who's a firefighter is people die. Yeah. Right. And that's, yes, that's not going to be the failure case for say my friend, the coffee barista. Hopefully (laughs) you're brewing some bad coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Unless, unless, you know, you're McDonald's, I guess. uh, Maybe. Yeah. Giving people third degree burns, first degree burns. Everyone is the bad one. Uh, third. Um, and I think it was, yeah, I think it was second to third degree burn and there was a reason for it, but I, anyway, they brew the coffee way too hot, like way over yeah. the, yeah. But oh, yeah. Anyway. no, so I guess like, cause the, the interesting thing about writing is mm-hmm. that if you don't quit, you don't fail a lot of times. And I realize I'm saying that from a position of survivorship bias <laughs> because I didn't <laughs> quit and I do make right. a living writing books. Yeah. And I know that, that that is not true for a lot of people. And so, but in terms of like individual failures, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that was hardest for me after I became ill was mm-hmm. that I couldn't hit deadlines as much. And also before that, I I kind of burnt myself out writing a lot. Like I right. used to be a machine. You know, I wrote a ton. You know, like I mean, I wrote the first four 20-sided books in one year and I spent 6 months of that year on bed rest. <laughs> basically. Jesus. Like half dead. So, but I mean, I had medical bills piling up. I was desperate. That's that's why books 1 and 2 are so short cuz I had no idea if like I was going to be homeless. I just needed books done. Right, and that's okay. why book three is so much better than book two, even though I wrote them three weeks apart, because I I knew at that point my bills were going to be paid because book one and two were doing well. Okay, and so like I I was able to take a deep breath and relax and like actually like really like think about things and be like, okay, this is working. I can I can write. You know, this yeah, is working. Yeah, I I think three is where it went from being sort of standalone but interrelated to there is a whole big storyline happening here the meta plot sort of happens i guess somewhere around three yeah it starts it starts to the first two like Mm -hmm. if i ever if i ever redo them because i've thought about going back in and adding to the first two like Mm -hmm. fleshing out some scenes because of course like you always want to go back right (laughs) and be like you know i can make it better but if i ever did that i think i would probably release them as one volume and i'd call it origin story Okay. Because the first year are kind of setting up who Jade is and everything and like her past mm-hmm. and having her deal with her past. And so, yeah. But, 
But anyway, so after 2014, 2015, I couldn't be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember that 2015 was a clusterfuck year for a lot of reasons. <laughs> cough, cough, Hugo Awards, yeah. cough. Yeah. Oh. But the one of the things that happened that year is I had accepted, I think, 11 anthology invites, which is, yeah, right. It's crazy, right? Like, yeah. Getting invited, going going from being someone who had been struggling, 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 had sold her first short story in 2010, mm-hmm. you know, didn't have an agent or novel deals or anything, like had had just started self-publishing out of desperation, basically, <laughs> to like right. make some money. And then going from that to making six figures at self-publishing, and then suddenly everyone wanted short stories. Like I started selling short stories regularly in like 2012, 2013. Right, right. And so then suddenly people were requesting things from me and I ran, I ran smack into like post, post the Hugo's drama. I ran into a wall. I was like, I can't deliver. (laughs) That was, that was really hard because I had never missed deadlines. Like I missed, I missed a book deadline. Like book five was late or or no book six was late because people were super mad about that cliffhanger and book six got derailed by the Hugo drama. Because right. book five came out like the week that the Hugo drama happened <laughs> and book six wasn't quite done yet. And then I didn't write for like three months because I was so like, oh, my God, like my life is yeah. ending. But the so I, I think I had 11 short story invites and I think I managed to get three of them done. And the rest I started having to turn down and back out of. And I had never backed out of anything in my life that way like I was always like yes I can do this just put everything on my plate I'll figure out how to do it you know Mm -hmm. and that I think was a huge realization point for me in my career because I was like I'm no one's ever gonna ask me again (laughs) like it's all gonna end it's all gonna go away (laughs) you know and so I think that I I I started to learn how to say no and that saying no wasn't failure and I also realized that I needed to learn to say no before I said yes because saying no after I said yes felt terrible like and unfortunately I was contracted to write I I had four anthology invites this year Mm -hmm. and I met one of them and the other three I tried for months and months to write those stories I actually wrote the first one and then I just couldn't because of the theme and everything and everything that was happening in the world. I couldn't do it because they they were dystopic stories. Mm, And I wrote the first one (laughs) and then I needed to write two more. And I was like, I cannot mentally handle this. And I did. I felt like a failure. I waffled back and forth. The editor like was like, no, no, take your time. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I tried to back out and then he was really nice and was like, no, no, take your time. (laughs) See if it comes like, you know, give me the first story, like, we'll see if this works. And I was just like, and I tried, I really tried. Like I started the second story, I started writing it. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I can't do this. Like, this is, this just doesn't like that. It's like when you're, (laughs) he's a horse analogy. It's like, there are times (laughs) when you like, you want the horse to go forward and that horse is never going forward. And you, you right. can feel that, that like immovable object feeling 
of like, you know, you feel the horse under you and you're like, there is no way. And sometimes I'd feel it when like a horse is approaching a jump or something and you would know they're going to stop. You could just feel everything right, going right. wrong and like the train stopping. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I am now riding a rock and that rock is not going to go over that fence. And the, and the you know, rock is like, so, the fuck? And that's, <laughs> that's what it felt like this spring when I was dealing with this. Right. And I was like, and I did, I felt like a failure because I had said yes this was a great opportunity. The pay rate was great. I had worked with this editor before. It was one of the best experiences I'd had. Mm-hmm. I was devastated. And But I also, when I finally made that decision of like, no, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just no feasible way that I can turn in work that I'm going to be proud of and feel good about. Like, right. I think I could have written the stories, but I don't think they would have been what I wanted, I guess. Like I just, I, my, my heart was like literally not in it. You know, I right, just, right, I right. just fighting it the whole way. And I was like, I could put words on the page, but I don't think it would do what I wanted it to do and be the stories that I want it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and I didn't think that was fair to the other people in the anthology. I didn't think it was fair to the editor, you know? And so I, and as soon as I wrote the email and got a response being like, I totally understand. It's fine. You know, I I just felt this like overwhelming sense of relief. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think in a lot of ways learning to deal with like failure and stuff is to mm-hmm. one I recognize that like now that it's not always failure isn't an ending necessarily. Like yes, it's the ending of I will not be in that anthology. <laughs> you know, like that opportunity is gone. I don't know right. if that editor will ever want to work with me again. I'm hoping. <laughs> You know, at some point that maybe a better, you know, an idea that is more suited to where I am and like more my lane so that I can feel good about it. Like, you know, but who knows? But I also know like that if that doesn't happen, like that's just one path, like one little rope, you know. And so like I try to I try to remember that and I try to remember how relieved I felt. And so I think that at this point in my career that I don't get too devastated by things. Right. Because I know that like, it's, it's only going to get as bad as the next book. (laughs) (laughs) Like it could all end tomorrow. I talk about that a lot. Like I'll I'll talk about that with my husband. I'll be like, well, my B plan, I guess is going back to playing poker for a living. (laughs) I live in Europe now. Online poker is legal here. So (laughs) just, just boot up my old poker stars account and, it was trying yeah, to remember no. how to play, but or, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I am on, on failure is like, I don't know. I just, I just try to, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't drink or do drugs. <laughs> I don't really have a lot of, a lot of outlets right? <laughs> for, <laughs> for coping anymore i just i just feel <laughs> shitty and then i get over it because i i need to pay my rent i guess yeah. Bill's got but like paid. writing writing is not it's it's such a roller coaster it's such an up and down like mm-hmm. you know some years you might make six figures and other years you're not gonna <laughs> and it's like one of those things where you just gotta like you know and and sometimes it seems like all the doors are shut and there's no opportunities and nobody wants to hear from you and right. you know everybody's forgotten your name and then other times it's like oh my god 
you know, this, they think you're the best thing ever. And suddenly, you know, your email is blowing up. And, and so I, I try to always remember that, like, unless I do something super, super egregious, mm-hmm. like it's never over. I just need to write another book. Right. Yeah. On the flip side of that coin, actually, it's not on the flip side of that coin. Um, the reason I asked that question is uh, stolen, uh, borrowed shamelessly from Howard Taylor. Um, you know Howard, right? Yeah, I know um, Howard. Yeah. Uh, did, did you keep up at all with the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries? I did not. Yeah. The 70th maxim, maxim 70, is failure is not an option. It's mandatory. Uh, the option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. Right. And so and that's that's I mean, it's a part of life. And that's why I asked the question. But then we go to the opposite end of the spectrum. And that is, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? This is the happy but difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, so when I first started writing mm-hmm. full time, I because I, I quit my job and you get a writer before I'd ever like let anyone read anything (laughs) or like I literally came home from work one day and was like, Matt, I want to be a writer. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I need 10 years and I'll make us rich. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that was pretty much how it happened. He's like, all right. So like we lived off of his income for a while and saved mine. And then, then I quit. Mm -hmm. And cause I hated my job and I hated my life at that point. I was like, I want to, I'd never, I'd always wanted to be a writer and I'd never given it a chance. I decided like, I'm going to give it a real shot and I'm going to write a book a year for 10 years. Right. And, and now here I am, I'm working on what novel 21, 22, <laughs> something like that, you know, 11 yeah. years later, but that, that plan didn't last very long, but <laughs> well, reality is a publishing, right? You can't. Right, right. You know, I mean, like six of those books have probably never been read by anybody, I don't think. So it's it's one of those things. But yeah. So when I first started, we used to I started by selling short stories because I thought that's what you mm-hmm. have to do. You write short stories first. And I would go out. We'd go out to dinner every time I got paid for a short story. Mm-hmm. And depending on the short story, <laughs> that was the level of dinner we could have. <laughs> so a lot of time, you know, it was like eight dollar bowls of fuzz. But hey, short story market don't pay shit. But right. <laughs> after my first pro sale, though, we like went out for a nice dinner. And then mm-hmm. so we used to do that. We used to go out for dinner to celebrate sales. And yeah. then when I I remember when my when when Justice Calling, the first 20 sided novel, mm-hmm. it started because I released it and I was like, God, I just hope somebody buys this. And then it started selling like 100 copies a day within a few days. And I was like, what is happening? Everybody's buying. Like that was un, unimaginable to me. Like I'd never, I I didn't even sell a hundred yeah. copies of anything in a month, you know? And I remember that I was looking at my Amazon dashboard and I was like, we made $85 today, <laughs> which, which the book was 99 cents and I was making 35 cents a copy. Like that was a lot of copies. That's, that's a lot of copies. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I made $85 today. Like, I don't think I've made that much in a day at a day job because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> I never had very good day jobs. So, yeah. and I was like, and I remember we went, we were out doing errands and I was like, 
we're going to the pet store. <laughs> and I bought a cat <laughs> tree because we had this shitty old cat tree that the cats had basically destroyed. It was terrible. It was like breaking. And I was like, I'm buying a nice cat tree. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went to the we went to the pet store and I bought a cat tree. <laughs> and I was like I was like this is this is this cat tree and it was like an $80 cat tree or 79.99 or something like and that was a really big thing for me. Yeah. Cuz all I could think about was the the section in Stephen King's on writing when he got the news about the $400,000 like um paperback deal for Carrie. Oh. And he just he just really wanted to get his wife something nice. But like the only thing that was around him and like open was like this convenience store. So he bought her a hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> and that has always stuck with me until like I bought a cat tree. It was like this stupid, frivolous expense. But but it was like a thing that I would never have spent eighty dollars on a cat tree at that point. Right. You know, because right, right, right. he was like we we did not have that kind of money to to throw around, you know, and so it was it was very. But now it's very much a. I don't know. I think when I finished Twenty Sided this last time, I think we ordered sushi or something. Yeah, I think we ordered dinner, but we couldn't go out. So well, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, and then I also had booked a tattoo for when I thought I was gonna finish the series but that actually happened a month before the series was done but i did i did get a tattoo also to celebrate finishing 10 books like a 10 book series so even though the tattoo was completely like i basically told the artist i was like i want a mouse like you draw cute mice i want that (laughs) and so she drew me this little mouse with flowers and it has nothing to do with 20-sided sorcery but i've already got a big d20 tattoo so I don't know, or books or anything. So, but I, I did. That was that that tattoo was kind of my like, all right, we've, you know, we've we've, I, I finished something. I finished something right. big, you know. So yeah, yeah, that was that was my celebration. Cool. But it's it kind of becomes. I think it's important to celebrate, but it does kind of become a like, oh, you finished a thing. Like, I finished the short story from the anthology, which turned into a novelette, because apparently I write only novelettes and novellas now. <laughs> like everything's got to be 10K words. But right. the – and I finished that a couple weeks ago, and I don't I don't think I did anything <laughs> for that. I don't think I celebrated that at all. I turned it in. <laughs> you know – um. People, people handle it differently. There, there are people I know who are just like, I should get better at that. I had, I had somebody I just talked to that I had, I had, I had interviewed like almost two years ago, and they were like, I'm terrible at this, and they're like, No, I'm so excited to talk about this because I've changed how I do this now. I'm like, Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's everything. So uh, that's all the questions. All right. Uh, made what it want, all the way through. You did. Um, all right, I didn't get thrown off the bridge or anything. It's so good. No. <laughs> so where? Yeah, I'm. I'm amazed. The international like phone call, and it's not freaking out on well, me now. That our I said our internet here. I could depress every American viewer right now. 
Because we pay like 30 bucks a month and I get 250 down and 25 to 26 up. Yeah, that's and that's... on Wi Fi. That's on my Wi Fi. I'm not even like a landline. I'm like not hard connected in with this laptop or anything. I mean, I am like 10 feet from my modem, but still. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I, I, I do have like 300 down and 30 to 40 up, but I'm paying more than you are for that. So, <laughs> well, it's euros. <laughs> so you got to oh, add 10%. Well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, then it probably comes out about the same as, as what I played. Yeah, it's like 33 U.S., I think, or something, 34 U.S. Okay, never mind. 33 U.S. <laughs> is, is at least um, half to a third of what I pay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how it was for us in the States, too. And it was not this reliable either. But that's Comcast. So. I mean, it doesn't help that we've got a tropical storm sort of coming through right now. So. <laughs> hey, but yeah, your your connection's been pretty stable. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fun. It's it's funny because of course for you it's probably like early evening. It's uh yeah, it's it's uh, I've got about half an hour till D&D time. So Yeah, cuz it's 1:30 <laughs> in the morning for me up there. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you agreed to the time. You said this was the best time. So No, I'm I'm off in a way like we, we rarely go to bed before 2 a.m. So Yeah. And my little sister can't do time math, so she'll call me at like 4:30 in the morning. <laughs> She'd be like, I'm getting off work. And I'm like, it's 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, the sun is coming up. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because you're far enough. You're not quite so far north uh, in the Netherlands that the sun doesn't go down. It does go. So, yeah, our longest. Yeah. Like, it, the longest time it was setting around 10 p.m., although it wasn't mm-hmm. dark. But the sun would actually go down around 10 and then rise about 4.30. So... Yeah, yeah, roughly like not, sixteen hour days, like pretty long. I was and then gonna it's say dark as shit in the winter. <laughs> when when we were over for um, uh, Worldcon Helsinki, uh, and oh yeah, and we spent the week in Iceland beforehand, and it's like okay, so it's one in the morning, and it's like being at home at seven thirty in the evening. It's just not. It's just not getting dark anymore. Okay, then. Yeah, we, we spent the week after Finland in Iceland. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, there was some darkness at that point, but it was very much kind of like that. It was like, it's midnight and I could read. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we're not that far north. We're about 10 degrees north of where Portland, Oregon is. Okay. So, so it's a little bit different than I was used to growing up, but the climate's fairly similar. So. Yeah. So where can we find you online? What what things do you want to promote other than the twenty sided sorceress, which I, I've I have made other sure to. Things. Yeah, you have other things. Um, I just... I, no, nobody cares about the other things. Though. They're everyone's just twenty sided all the way down. But um, I mean, I have a website, anniebelay.com. Mm-hmm. So and I'm I'm very Googleable. If if anyone else out there is named Annie Belay, you have been buried. I am sorry. You are <laughs> gone. I own like the first ten pages of Google. Right. <laughs> it's all me. Um, you have your Twitter account, I, but 
Yeah, I do. I have a pre-order up for the sequel series. Well, the the spin-off series, I guess, is not really a sequel because actually right. the book that I'm writing now takes place right before the bo- events of book ten. But it's okay. not really going to matter. Like I'm writing Kira's series so that if you never read Jade's books, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Like you won't care. Right. So. Right. I mean, hopefully you will care and be like, oh, this is so good. I need to go read everything she's ever written. But I'm writing like this series is in the same world, but it's completely its own series. Right. And it will not be 10 books. (laughs) It might be four. (laughs) Maybe. I'm looking forward to it. And there's Uh, there's no overarching plot. As I was as I was coming to the end of 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 book 10 and I'm like, yeah, no, this is, this is, and I, I flip it over and it's like Jade's story is done, but, and I'm like, there's more in the universe. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I'm aiming for Kira's books to be, cause Kira is a very different character than Jade. I mean, you met her in book six, like I yeah. think that should be obvious, but she's, she's a lot more murdery. Yeah. And a bit of, a bit of a disaster by so. And and way more trigger happy, <laughs> so like it's it's gonna be different. Like I'm I'm kind of aiming for somewhere between like like I I see the books as kind of like bird notice but with shifters. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot more like a lot more traveling around. It's gonna be a lot more murder. <laughs> I I know several people who'll be sort of excited by by just the whole concept of that. Yeah, so so it's definitely like, and it's still a high magic setting. Like it's still a yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. it's still mage, but we're going more to the werewolf side of mage now than <laughs> than we are to the but with better gun rules because oh god the gun rules the gun rules are terrible. I remember one game I I shot oh. a semi-automatic weapon into a crowd. I did three damage. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like total, total. <laughs> That's it. That's all I did. I was like, guns are pointless. Like, why would any character ever use a gun in this setting? Like, just no. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> but not that yeah. not the twenty sided is made. I mean, it is made. It's totally made. All the way down. That's why she never mentions White Wolf ever in the <laughs> in, in the in the store she runs. Yeah. There's yeah, there's no mention, and and it's funny because most people never catch on to the fact that like, because somebody even asked me like, is there an actual magic system? Because it seems like D and D, but it's not actually D and D. And I'm like, it's not D and D. They're like, is, but but is there a system? And I'm like, oh, there's a system. It's mage. But then one of the people who wrote the original mage book mm-hmm. is apparently a fan of the series and totally caught on. He was like, well, yeah, yeah, I met him once at a convention. He was like. Because apparently he's he likes the series and he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's Mage. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> at least somebody knows. He's the only person like in the wild who's ever been like, oh yeah, like the the system is Mage, like, you know. Right, but you can't say that. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. it's well, yeah. I don't make anything super obvious, but I mean, come on, she has a talisman and an avatar and like. <laughs> Like I know what her spheres are. Like, come on, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. I don't know. It's obvious to me, but I wrote it, so yeah. So I lived and breathed nothing but that series for six years. 
And now it's done. Yay. It is. So now you can go out and be murdery. Yeah, <laughs> I and mean, I can write figuratively. I can write Kira. Yeah. It'll it'll hopefully that will that will be fun. I mean I'm working on it right now and I think it'll be fun. I just have to I'm kind of at war between like there's a lot of things that you can get away with mm-hmm. with a male character that you can't with a female character in terms of what audience will accept. Okay. And I am I am not like I'm at war because part of me is just all out of fucks. <laughs> like I just I just want to write her the way that I want to write. Her. And she she does have a lot of very what what I think readers will consider like traditionally masculine traits mm-hmm. in how she acts and a lot of people don't like that when the person has boobs. <laughs> And there's a part of me that's just like, no, nah, this is her and I'm doing it. So I don't, I don't know. Like maybe this will be one of those failure lessons we learn of like, no, your female characters need to be more likable and less killy. But I just am not sure that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm hoping that readers like know me at this point well enough to trust the like, nah, she's, she's still a good person. Kind of. Kind of. She, she she murders bad people for the most part. You know? <laughs> she just is very much a... When all you have is a gun, every problem looks like something you need to put a bullet in. You know? I mean, I think the tagline for the book is, is Kira solves her problems with a big gun, and she rarely has the same problem twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm... I'll be pushing the pre-order button. Now that I know the pre-orders are available, I'll be pushing that pre-order button. Yeah, it's, it's up for pre-order. So, it's, and it's it's wide. Like, it's it's on whatever device you want. I mean, obviously, the, the paperback won't be available until the book's available, but well, you yeah. can pre-order everything else. So. Right on. But, yeah, so that's that's basically what I'm, what I'm working on now. And then after that, I'm going to be writing an epic fantasy trilogy, hopefully, for... Mm-hmm. With with an eye towards traditional publications, and so that'll be a heavy and and it'll be a epic fantasy romance kind of like not romance isn't the driving plot of the trilogy, but it is a heavy <laughs> secondary component because I really want to like do that, and so they keep on being like I want to read more things like Kushiel's Dart, and then not finding a lot, and so I want more. I was gonna say you're you're talking to the person who's married to the writer who's like it's totally a romance, and we're like, but the the severed heads and the murders and the well, that's fine as long as it all works out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah you, can, and people... you can go as you can you can go as dark as you want. Like I've really been enjoying. I don't know if uh, Ursula's read her, but Millivane's Gathering of Dragons. No, Ursula Which... doesn't. Read just came out as much. Oh, I'm well, the this is, these are well, you should try them then. They're barbarian epic fantasy romance, and they're dark, and there's a lot of suburbs, and they're murdery, and but very sexy. And like, they like, I have a book hangover from reading her these last couple <laughs> weeks because I was just like, I just read like three really great books in a row, and I don't want to. I don't know what to read next because I'm just worried that I'm going to be like just pining for the other books. So Millivane, yeah. Gathering of Dragons. Millivane, Gathering them out. of Dragons. Yes, I will. I will add that to the show notes as well. They yeah. they are some of the best. Like I'm going to nominate her for Hugo. 
So that's the pen name of Mel Jean Brick. So okay, yeah, yeah, um, she's yeah, no, absolutely putting that in the show notes. Yeah, everyone should read Gathering of Dragons if you like like barbarians, murder, really cool world building. There's dinosaurs and megafauna. Dinosaurs and 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 megafauna. Yes. Yeah. It's it's super cool. Like it is those books, I could rave about them forever. Like they're the kind of books that you read and you're like, fuck, I wish I'd written something like this. <laughs> I wish I was this good. And then you walk into the sea. And then yeah, or do you just give all give up on all of it and become a medical test subject? So <laughs> I don't think anybody would want me to be a medical test subject. I'm already a medical test subject. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, well, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to talk to us. It has been, as always, an absolute joy. And um, thank you for putting up with my winding, long-winded answers. <laughs> oh, uh, you know it. It it's so much fun. I didn't even notice. No. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm very good at tangents. So are we. Um, and anyway, for for the people who are listening at home, we'll be right back after this. I was so happy to be able to talk to Annie uh, and also the pre and post interview catch up time that we had. Uh, I, we don't get a chance to really talk to Annie directly enough, um, but it's always well, great. I'm on a slack with her, but you know, yeah, I know, but it's, it's okay. I don't. Yes. That's I don't. Um, so that was just uh, absolutely fantastic, and I will provide links to uh, the Twenty Sided Sorceress and the new spinoff series in the Twenty Sided Universe, uh, which uh, described as Burn Notice but with shifters. So I'm kind of excited. I haven't seen Burn Notice, but I'm kind of excited. All right, badge code. Badge code. Badge code. Um, uh, because of. Annie's series Gathering of Dragons, because of the 20-sided sorceress, I figured let's kind of mash the two up a little bit, and our badge code this week is Dragon20. And one thing I did is I... A couple of you had reported in that badge codes weren't working, and so I finally took some time to really dig into it, filed a bug report with the people who make the badging software, and we got a fix. And so if you've been having trouble claiming badges, that's fixed now. Uh, Hopefully. Try no, it. I've tested it. Oh, oh I've okay. tested it, and I've had it confirmed by a couple people who were saying, "Hey, man, badges aren't working." Um, I was just saying, never say a bug is fixed until the bug is mitigated until such time as it recurs. How's that? There you go. Um, 
Anyway, uh, so all of that uh, can be found at productivityalchemy.com, show notes, um, the badge how-to, ways to support us, which um, while you could buy coffee uh, through Kofi or you could support Patreon – there are a lot of people who are in a lot of or trouble. You on... could buy Kevin Legos off his Amazon wish list. It's not a public wish list yet. Oh, I have not put my Lego Zen wish list as public because I don't. I mean, I can afford my own Legos. Maybe not, you know, a new one every day kind of thing. But I can afford my own Legos. Yes, and other um, people need food and rent, so support uh, them. <laughs> there are people in the Pacific Northwest who need food, rent, and housing. Yes, and everything. And it's much more important that your money go to help them out than it does to help me out. Uh, I mean, I appreciate it. I love you guys. And I love when you share and when you like and when you repost things on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that stuff. But, but we're doing okay. We're doing fine. And there's a lot of people who aren't who could use it a lot more. Could uh, A whole lot more. So um, – Send anything you were going to use to support us financially to them because, you know, we, we'll we'll be here for a while. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. Um, and that's it for this week. That is it. So uh, I hope everybody is uh, keeping on, keeping on. We hope you're healthy. Yeah. I'm not going to say we hope you're happy. I would love it if you were happy, but let's be realistic. I hope you're hanging in there. Yeah. If you are not okay, that is okay. Lots of people are not okay, not okay. right now. Yeah. Uh, so do the best you can, and we'll we'll be here. We've got about uh, three weeks until the next Letters episode. Uh, I got some great interviews coming up before that. Um, and so, you know, uh, just keep on keeping on and do your best to – Stay productive. For whatever value of productive involves you continuing to be healthy and God willing happy. That, yeah.